0: Hi everyone, this is Cla2 and this is part 2 of my Hacker Public Radio series on SteamOS. It's probably the last episode of it. It's a two part series. So, so last time we picked out the computer parts, and, and actually if you want really to see my, like, the stuff that I picked out, I should have probably said this in the previous episode, you can go to straightedgelinux.com, go to the how-to section, uh, no, not how-to, go to the opinions section, and go to the My Box link, and here you will see all the specs of the build that I did for myself, which, um, it's not an exclusively, It's not. it doesn't live its life as a Steam machine, that's not all it does, but that's, you know, I, I built it with that in mind. So, this is... This I would say that this was a fairly low, nah, I'd say it was a, a you know mid-range gaming computer. I mean, it's it's definitely not the nicest box you could possibly build, but for the money and for um for 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 what I need it for, it, it's it, it works quite nicely. And everything, every single part on it was pretty much plug and play, so that was kind of nice. No compatibility issues. So if you just need some, like a little bit of a head start or, a, or an example, stop by that that place. So putting the computer together is shockingly easy. I had a friend of mine help me build my computer because she was curious about building computers. So I actually, when I say help me build the computer, I mean she built the entire computer herself. I I, I did not touch anything. And, and about midway through, she was like, wow, is this this is it. Like, that's, this is all you do. It's like a kit. And it is. It's honestly, it's like a very, very basic model kit. It's click things together, screw some stuff down, that's it. So um, the case and the motherboard will probably come, either the case or the motherboard, possibly both, will probably come with assembly, directions so as long as you can read and follow instructions really it's not that hard but the the idea is that you place the motherboard in the case you put the cpu on the into the cpu socket very 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 carefully kind of lock it down put the heat sink and the fan on top of the cpu you pop in the ram you start plugging all the different things into the motherboard like the power supply which I guess you should probably put in there too, um, and the fans and, and the heart and stuff like that. And then you put the hard drives in, plug those into the motherboard. You know, I mean, obviously everything gets plugged into the motherboard. Um, and the hard drives need obviously the data cable and the power cable to them. You pop in your PCI cards, like your graphics card, your wireless card, whatever else you got. Possibly you may need to put power to the graphics card. I, I used to have a card at my old job where you know, kind of doing really. Big multimedia stuff all the time. That actually required more power. It was like it plugged into the PCI, but then it also required a power cable uh, into the back of it from the motherboard or from the power supply, rather. And once all that's done, you close up the case, plug it in, turn it on, and you should start seeing computery things happening. And believe me, that the amount of satisfaction that is involved um, is just it's. Palpable, you know, after you sit down and you, you, you go through all the specs, figure out what you're going to buy, and, and saved up all your money for it, and this is what you're going to get, get it all uh, in the mail or whatever, and you sit down and you put it all together, and you sweat a little bit, and you're worried that you're screwing things up, and you don't know if it's going to work, and then you turn it on, and, and it's just, it lights up, and everything's cool. It's just, it's a great experience. Before you turn it on, I usually go ahead and burn a not burn, but like copy a, a Linux distro to a thumb drive, and then boot to the thumb drive just to make sure everything is being detected properly. So that's um, it, it's a great a great experience, and and everyone should every geek should do this at least once. Honestly, I, I didn't, I wouldn't have said that a long time ago, but but after having done computer builds now for for you know, like quite a few builds I mean for work and for for fun and for friends um it's it's a great feeling so go do that if you haven't it's it's really cool and it does it honestly helps you understand how computers work like when you put them together you really start to fu- everything comes together you know like it, all of those things that people talk about in kernel configurations and about you know when they're troubleshooting all that stuff starts to make so much more sense even though you you knew that there was a hard drive in there why you know how does one get SDA and the other one gets SDB and and so on, and then you see it and you're like oh this is plugged into SATA one and this is plugged into SATA two I guess, I guess this is the one that's going to grab SDA first probably and sure enough it does you know just little things like that it, it makes, it kind of, puts hardware to all the theory okay enough of me espousing the, the the virtues of building your own, um, computer but it is worth doing so. Uh, The next thing after that will be putting the software on the computer. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Well, I should say there are three. One is the Steam-slash-Valve-approved method, which is downloading this little bootloader of theirs, putting that on a thumb drive, booting your computer off of the thumb drive. What that does is kick in an instance of Clonezilla, and it pulls the image, the entire image of the OS from Valve's servers and puts it onto your hard drive. That's their approved method. I believe they said that that took a one-terabyte drive. I, I don't have a terabyte drive, so I didn't do this method. The other approved method, or the other... Well, yeah, it's approved by them. It's on their site. The other method is to just do... A, it's essentially just a Debian install. So if you've installed Linux before, that it, it's going to be trivial. If you've not installed Linux before, as long as you can follow instructions you should be okay but you should still be careful because you're installing stuff and it will erase data off of your hard drive so do that intelligently but I, i'm not going to step through the install because it really is basically just a linux install and it's it's pretty friendly to be honest but you you do want to make sure that you have i mean they recommend a 500 gigabyte drive y- you need to make sure that you've got enough for everything to sort of work well for you and and remember that modern games are Big. They're very big. I mean, if we're talking about the AAA titles, they're not small downloads. They, they are things that you you want to have some hard drive space for. Um, and unlike a console, or like a traditional, you know, what what we would call a traditional console, the, the data isn't sitting on a Blu-ray waiting to be loaded into into memory once you get to the you know to that waypoint or whatever. Um, this is all on the hard drive. This is everything is getting installed onto the hard drive and you know back when PS3s were selling with 40 and 80 gigabyte hard drives that was people used to get angry when when a game would install 5 or 10 gigs of data onto their you know onto their console hard drive well you're installing the entire game to your drive so you want space that's the the point probably should have pointed that out in the hardware episode huh oh well so yeah you you want to make sure that you've got a hard drive that can Store all of this stuff in order to be uh, happy with your with your with your system. Uh, other than that, uh, the the Steam the Steam install is is pretty simple. It takes you when you reboot. It takes you into the default Steam interface. So it's it really it kind of it it completes that console experience or it meets the console experience quite early. You know you boot and it it. It boots not to like a desktop or anything like that. It goes straight into you know this is your Steam machine. The, the, if if you want a desktop, you have to enable that in in some options somewhere. So it's it's very much geared towards hey you've just built yourself a console. It is not it it's really not all about like you know oh let's sit down and and do some desktop work here and then we'll get around to doing some gaming. It's 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 a gaming machine first and foremost. So for real life for me this. Desktop that I built is—it's it, not just a gaming machine. Um, so I—I I installed a normal Linux distribution, and the ones that I would suggest today, lately, are like Elementary OS, which is basically based on Ubuntu. So there's a lot of sort of guaranteed in-built compatibility between stuff that Steam is putting out and stuff that you know something like Elementary OS would would do, or Mint, uh, Mint again based on Ubuntu. So it's going to be you know you, you shouldn't have any compatibility issues or if you wanted to do ubuntu you could do that and then you'd have you know a very similar environment as as what the steam os is kind of geared towards so if you do that then then installing steam is is fairly trivial you simply install steam the application onto your desktop or you know onto your machine and it becomes an application that you can launch it has a full what, what do they call it big big screen mode or something like that uh which is sort of optimized for, you know, being on a big screen. But it is it it's very much and this is kind of where I segue into the whole console versus desktop kind of paradigm. This is a this is an application on a desktop. So you have a keyboard and a mouse available. And the thing about SteamOS and the thing about getting the gaming companies to release things with Linux compatibility, but geared toward a console experience, is that these games that are being released now are going to be provided with console, with uh, gamepad support built in, which is not normal, right? Usually PC games are released really more with the expectation that you're playing with a mouse and WASD, and that's kind of what the default configuration is frequently that. So SteamOS is trying to shift that paradigm to, you know, away from the keyboard and the mouse and towards a console on a custom-built PC. Again, this is kind of why it's an exciting thing. Right now, only, only the games that are being essentially, you know, released for SteamOS are going to just come ready-made for gamepad support. Other games, you're not going to find that to be the case. So, um, I'm... Like I say, not really a hugely serious gamer, and and while I have played a couple of big AAA titles on this thing, mostly I just kind of mess around with you know some of the little games that I find on Humble Bundle or whatever it's called, and uh, and one like Kickstarter game called Legends of Aetherius, I think, yeah, Aetherius, and and those were again those were all PC games. I mean, they were released for, or at least the way that I downloaded them, you know, for, when, when they said, okay, we're going to release them for Linux, it was, we're going to release them for Linux, so that you're sitting in front of Linux with a keyboard and a mouse. No one thought, okay, we're going to release this for Steam OS, i.e., we're going to release it for game, uh, assuming you're using a gamepad. So, you will find that when you start up a game, like um, Shadow Grounds, or Survivor by Frostbite, or Roche, Rochard, Ro- Rochard, Rochard, or uh, Braid, or, or all of these other games, uh, Trine, Torchlight, all these games, they don't come with either great gamepad support or any gamepad support built in. What you need to do in that case is get some kind of application to sit between your gamepad and the game and translate your gamepad input into keyboard and mouse input. The old de facto for this used to be a, an application called QJoyStick, or QJoyPad, I don't remember which one, but it, it it's still around, the code is online, but it, it hasn't been updated in a long time. I think I tried to compile it and it failed, and before I could sit there and start troubleshooting, I found out about something else called Antimicro, A-N-T-I, MICRO. This is a great little application that very very accurately and very very easily you fire it up and it it you can configure all of your gamepad controls to whatever you want. You know, I mean just you, you just all you do is you you move the, the little analog stick and it detects it on antimicro and then you tell it okay, this is what I want that this this is what I want that to mean in the game. I'll give you a little example, uh, the keyboard controls in Left For Dead 2. It's a little little game on Steam that you can get for, for Linux. So W of course is moving forward, S is moving backwards, A and D are left and right. Spacebar is jump and let's just go with like the left mouse button is, is firing your main your main weapon. Let's just take those as our examples. Now, if, if you plug in your game controller and try to play Left 4 Dead out of the box, at least currently, uh, nothing really happens. I mean, once you get a Steam controller, I don't know if, if they'll have drivers that will kick in and intercept that stuff or not, but if you're just doing this on on a Linux distribution with Steam installed, you're not going to find that this is controlling your character the way that you would want it to control. Or And sometimes I've also found on other games that it does pick up Parts of the controller, but then other things do not work. So, like you can move your character back and forth, but but you'll find that maybe the camera won't move around with your with your controller. Uh, little things like that. So, what you do is you fire up this anti anti uh, anti micro application, and you create a new profile for for it or a schema, really I guess is what I would call it. And you maybe would call the schema left for dead schema. And then you click the you know you click a button on your controller and you can see what button that corresponds to in the anti micro interface. So maybe it's called button button um well, one, two, three, four. So let's say it's it's button two on the controller. So you see that on the antimicro, you see that on the controller, you kind of get the idea, okay, this is definitely button two. That's the signal it's sending to the computer. So what I need to do is tell anti micro to intercept that signal and replace it with, uh, for instance, a left mouse button click. Now, if you press 2 in-game, you will be firing your main uh, weapon. Now, if you don't want that, maybe that's not convenient for you. Maybe you'd rather use one of the uh, shoulder buttons, or the bumper buttons, whatever they call them, the things on the back of the controller. Uh, Maybe you want to use those as as your trigger, so you could map that to your trigger instead. So you can do that with everything, including the the, um, analog sticks, the D-pad, the select, the start. All all the buttons on the controller you can map with Antimicro. Try that out. It it, it makes the gameplay very, very fluid. It just it works perfectly. Now that kind of overwhelmed me, and I found myself spending way too much time on the configuration of things and not, you know, as usual. I'm, I'm sitting there setting everything up to play a game, and then when I start playing the game, I get bored and, and go back to doing geekier things. But the way that I figured out to try to get myself to... Play some of these games is to sit down with my game pad thing and the anti micro and figure out which button is which. And then go. I went and looked at a lot of the games' default settings, and a lot of them, you know, they have W A S D WASD for up, uh, left, down, right. Uh, they a lot of them seem to use E and C and R and Q. You know, the the the, the keys predictably near the sort of W A S D sequence. So, you know, you can kind of come up with some sensible defaults for yourself on the gamepad and make that your 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 typical your gamepad configuration and then when you go into a game if you're playing and you think, "Oh, I don't really want to jump with, you know, this this one button. I want the jump to be this other button." Then go into that game setting and just switch things around so that it so that it matches your input uh, on the gamepad. That that's kind of the the happy medium that I found. If you let yourself get too too precise about all that stuff, it gets really dangerous and you start spending like hours just configuring your gamepad. You're just like, oh, "I was supposed to be playing a game right now, and instead I've got like the best configuration for a gamepad in the world, but haven't gotten any game playing actually done." So, yeah, you kind of have to develop your own gamepad default schema, and then just change things in the game on the fly as needed. That's that's my advice. Uh, unless you just want to spend all day configuring your gamepad, which, believe me, is a lot of fun. So that's anti-micro. Um, other than that, I mean, everything just kind of works really, really smoothly. You start up Steam, or you're in SteamOS, and you can download your games, or you can activate them if they're Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle's a bit weird, because some of them, I mean, or many of them, were released for Linux, but not all of them were released for Linux through Steam. So, luckily, within Steam, you can add your Humble Bundle games so that they appear in Steam. Steam is simply launching them externally of Steam. It's just like, hey, Steam, be aware of this launcher, which exists over here in slash USR slash local slash games slash Trine, and when I click Play... Then make try and launch. It's a workaround, but it, it works well. Now, if you're doing SteamOS, you should have really no no issue with most of the games that you find. If you're doing your own distribution plus Steam, the application, or if you're doing SteamOS with some of the humble bundle stuff that was not packaged for Steam on, you know, for Linux through Steam, then you may have some extra configuration to do. This is kind of I th- I pick I think of it as sort of the rift between where Steam OS is going to be, which is like this pre-packaged everything is going to be working because they're controlling the OS plus the 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 Steam environment and, and they're telling the developers here's here's the exact standard you know base that you can develop for. It's going to be very it it is very nice already. I have noticed in some of the Humble Bundle games, and I'm not going to mention names because it seems crass. To criticize gaming companies that are supporting you know that are releasing for Linux and then to to criticize them by name, you know and say that oh, your support for Linux was done incorrectly, but frankly that is what hap- what is what happens sometimes and 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 I've realized that a lot of the rhetoric that we got from gaming companies about oh, Linux is too hard to develop for, it's a moving target, it's this, it's that. It's not standardized, whatever. All that really meant, like the translation that we can take from that is, quote, we don't know how to do it, end quote. That's all they were really saying, was we don't know how to do this right. So, I mean, really, the Humble Bundle games that either were created with you know for Linux from the beginning like World of Goo or something by what 2D boy brilliant brilliant Linux support i mean it just it just keeps running on any Linux distribution that i put it onto it it was done very well the games that were ported by iculus brilliant Linux support i mean i've seen iculus talk at a conference the guy's brilliant he is clearly brilliant he knows what he's doing his linux ports are you know they just they run again on 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 any distribution for the last support, it doesn't go away. It just it just it works. Um, and then there are other games which I believe were ported to Linux hastily. Even as just kind of an average Joe Linux packager, um, I can totally see the things that they've been doing wrong. And luckily, I can go in and fix a lot of the problems. But it's 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 not pretty, you know. And you think, well, that's why. That's why you think this is too hard, because you're not doing it right. You're linking to these libraries that aren't going to be there the next release, and and there's a way not to do it that way, but you're not doing it that way, and so to you, yes, this is is hard and impossible to maintain. To someone who knows what they're doing, on the other hand, it's very easy and doesn't really take any maintenance. It just continues to work. So be aware of that. Some of the independent games that were done by people who, or, I mean, any game, I mean, it doesn't have to be independent, but th- that's what the experience that I've had, the independent games that were done um, by people who didn't really know what they were doing for, you know, packaging up for Linux, um, may take a little bit of tweaking and that's okay, you can do that. And if you're in SteamOS, you can do that from the desktop, but you have to enable desktop from the uh, settings in order to be able to sort of get behind the scenes and, and figure out what's going on. I do believe that's all I've got for you. Again, SteamOS, really, really exciting. It's bringing all kinds of different gaming into your Linux computer. You, you know, people are not going to have to have that obligatory OS on their computer at this point. They are going to be able to have a free OS with Steam, and then spend all their money on the games, which are non free and it's great, and you'll you'll enjoy it 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 really is cool it's just funny, I think retrospectively, you know we all kind of as Linux users, we were all sitting around thinking saying out loud to each other, you know it's ridiculous gaming companies should be releasing for us, and the gaming companies were saying, oh it's not you know linux is't up to snuff it you, it can 't perf- it doesn 't have the same performance, and then we're sitting over here in movie studios like doing all kinds of 3D stuff and animation, and we're like, are you sure we don't have the performance that we need on Linux? Because it really feels like we do. And then the gaming companies were saying, well, yeah, but it's too hard to develop for Linux because it's just this moving target, and it's got these libraries that always change, blah, blah, blah. And again, you know, I mean, it's just, we we all knew that it was untrue. We knew that it was a bunch of excuses, and now that Valve is behind it, suddenly there are all these Linux ports, all these Linux releases are coming out, and it's just fantastic. And and seeing some of the the ones that were done poorly is kind of funny too because you just think yep that's that's why that's why you thought you couldn't do it because you have been doing it wrong this whole time maybe if you just asked for a little bit of help it would have it would have been something maybe if you'd hired someone like Iculus to port it you know the the right way that would have worked out for you no matter SteamOS exists now you can get a cheap gamepad a really nice computer built exactly to the specifications uh, of your of your very whim and, and play games on Linux with fantastic performance and um, I think you'll really enjoy it. So give it a shot. Try it out. I think we're in for a very, very good ride. At binref.com. All binref projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.